This episode of the Rappaport Diamond Podcast was recorded as part of Rappaport's Recovery Webinar Series. And now your host, Sonia Esther Sultani. So, um, welcome to the third installment in the Rappaport Recovery uh, Webinar Series. And um, I'm Sonia Esther Sultani, I'm the editor in chief at Rappaport. And my guest today is El Eel. Hi, El. Hi. Elle is the CEO and founder of Il Co. It's a consultancy that helps businesses to launch, but especially to grow. Uh, Elle has a vast experience, 25 experience working across the sector, helping manufacturers grow, retailers, launching businesses. Um, Elle was an early evangelist of digital uh, omnichannel sales. So I think that's, uh, that's makes her an expert uh, in what we try to do today. And today we're going to concentrate on the jewelry store and how the jewelry store has been affected by COVID-19 and how we can move forward and, uh, and learn from, from the experience and make it uh, good for, for jewelers, hopefully. So, Elle, um, welcome. And please tell us, what do you think has been the most impactful, long-lasting change that uh, the jewelry store has experienced? You know, crisis. First of all, thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm very passionate about what we've all uh, gone through over the course of the last few months. Um, but I'm not going to make a list of bad things in answer to that question. Um, I, as you say, have been banging the drum about all of the opportunity and all of the strength that we can harness by going online and leveraging online to communicate our, about our business even if it's not about where the actual purchase is made, um, there's swaths and swaths of strength that haven't been harnessed by our industry and, and are really lagging behind other industries um, like cosmetics or fashion, for example. So I think one of the biggest, and I hope, one of the biggest long lasting effects that this is going to have on our industry is the um, awakening to how much can be done online. You know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. And really, there was no option. All of a sudden, an industry that felt that it was look, touch, and feel in order to know, like, and trust um, had to operate entirely within the confines of a digital footprint. And people got creative. Um, you know, the, the things that I discovered during the first three weeks of the lockdown at the end of March and beginning of April, when I, I did, you know, an hour of free consultancy every evening for three weeks, just talking to retail stores in Mississippi, retail stores in all over the world and all over the United States market and Europe. Um, what people were doing in terms of, you know, using Instagram to give gifts that couldn't be picked up until later, you know, mm -hmm. curbside pickups, special, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one cons consultations or concierge deliveries that could be picked through and brought back. Um, it was the human spirit at its best. And it also, um, and this is the lasting effect that I hope and I do anticipate is going to be the biggest lasting effect that people went, whoa, there's another way that I can strengthen my business by serving my customer even better mm -hmm. and letting them consume me wherever they want, however they want. I think that that is going to be the biggest lasting effect. Um, I am a glass half full kind of a gal, but practically, 
so many people woke up and realized we've got to learn how to translate what we already know how to do offline online. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, but that's also not the new issue is like, you know, jurors have, have succeeded in, in uh, keeping relationship going with their customers and checking on the customers and creating a sense of community and exchange and connection. But now we're going back to the stores. The stores are reopening, thankfully, in different states in the U.S. So different stages. We're not going to go into the, the minutiae of, uh, you know, but still we're going back to the experience of touch and feel, which is so important, such a big part of jewelry. So how can we connect the two and how can jurors who are maybe anxious about reopening the stores, having to deal with their customers, having to deal with their staff, to be sure that to ensure security, safety, health for everyone, but at the same time to keep this magical experience of discovering a piece of jewelry. So how, how do you see things coming together? Right. I think it's bifurcated. First of all, we have to take everyone, each person who's opening a physical store has to do the due diligence and make sure that they've taken the precautions for their staff, the precautions for the people that are coming in the store, that they've thought through the entire consumer journey and how they're walking in, when they're walking in, how many are coming in, how many staff are going to be there, how is social distancing going to be handled, how is the PPE going to be implemented in a way that's still welcoming and off-putting. I've, I've heard and seen a myriad different solutions for these things. Each one's going to be particular to the consumers, the customers that are coming into that particular store, the state, the environment, the attitude. I mean, from the East Coast to the West Coast to the South, very different reactions to how close we will or will not be. So first and foremost, think through very carefully what is appropriate for where you are. Um, you know, stand in your truth and in your own shoes and in your own store, in your own community, and think what is going to be a comfort level. Have that discussion, perhaps in your online community. Here's what we're planning. I think one thing we saw at the beginning, and I'm still talking about this first half, which is make sure you know how you're going to do it. Um, as you're forming that, you can include your audience. If one thing... Um, one important thing that has happened during the course of this is that the lines of communication have really improved in the virtual world, right? Um, you know, from, from virtual try-on sessions, um, you know, to communicating via your Instagram, your Facebook, your webpage, your newsletters about what you're doing, your store hours. So we can continue and we should try to continue that conversation so that, so that you can communicate out what you're planning, show leadership in the safety and the consideration of both the staff and the consumers, but include them. You know, here's how we're, we're planning. For example, um, uh, one uh, amazing, uh, there were so many amazing stories, but um, some of them I'll share while we're chatting, um, was about having appointment-only sessions where mm -hmm. it's one-on-one -on -one across the table um, and the conversion rate on those 
is shockingly high because if, if people are going to go out of their way and make the appointment and come in, it's fantastic. So I know of stores that are continuing to stay closed for Monday and Tuesday or certain you know times during the week so that they can continue to offer this new, really um, excellent customer service experience. Mm -hmm. So you might want to talk about that, engage your consumer as you make the plans. The other half of it is communicating the plans. So now that um, the stores will be open and people will come back in, we should not stop using digital communications to listen to our end consumers and to communicate to them. People who have their expectations managed are comfortable. I know the store is not going to be open after 3 p.m. Or I know they do only invitation um, appointment only on Mondays. So making sure that the communications and all the the new lines of communication that people have understood, you know, the the Zoom calls. Maybe they're going to continue having lessons about jewelry on Zoom once a week. Um, but how you communicate the way you're going to bring people back, how many people are permitted to be in the store, um, how you go about creating your own appointment and there's no pressure to buy, communicating what you've planned out to your end consumer is going to be super important so they know what to expect. Absolutely. So I'm going to take this cue to tell our end customer, <laughs> customers who are our listeners today that if you have any question, please um, put it in the Q&A. Well, after this conversation, we'll pick up some questions. I think it's an amazing opportunity to have Hel with us today, who has so much experience and has given, as she's mentioned, a time for free to a lot, a lot of companies during COVID-19 to help them boost their business and survive as well and, um, and be able to go through the crisis. So please uh, ask questions. It's, it's a great opportunity to, to open the, the floor and to really, if you have practical questions and strategy questions, ask them now. And I think, you know, a lot of other listeners will appreciate as well because, the, you know, we all need together. And I think that's, that's part of what we've learned from, the, from this crisis that we, we're learning. We really, the, the industry is changing so quickly and so dramatically that, you know, that's, that's important. So thank you very much for, for putting your questions and I will read through them um, a bit later during this, um, this webinar. Um, and you mentioned the customers, the consumers, this, I mean, the, the, the survival of the, the store. So they have, you have built this relationship. You have succeeded during COVID to speak to them, to engage them. What do they want? Do they still want the same thing as before this crisis, before the lockdown, before everything mm -hmm. went completely, completely pear-shaped? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I think I'm going to be honest and say what I said before. We were behind. We were behind before. You know, I was still talking um, after talks that I would give at JCK or Basel or, um, you know, um, in Horgenta, for example, people would come up and say, you know, I only have a little store, so I don't really need a website. And I would think, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> you need a website because... Even more. <laughs> I mean, even before this happened, you know, people Google to find their local businesses. And if you're not there, if you're not using Google My Business, if you don't have the right communication and tools in place so that you're easily found, you won't be. Um, so, you know, the, the consumers 
um, expectations are very different. Um, I, I've seen a, a, a bit of a curve and, and I've seen it level off a, a tad. Um, they're expecting more communication. They're confused. They don't know what's going to happen. So they're expecting more communication from the stores. So people who have a robust email marketing strategy, um, you know, that definitely try to engage and let the consumer know that they can give their email and we'll keep you up to date on what we're, what we're doing. Um, but let's just look at the consumer, right? Um, we've seen some statistics that the, the, the number of people that are on Instagram, the number of people that are online, the online purchasing. Um, so people are still shopping. Um, and, and this is why we're here. This is why we have a right to do, you know, this is why we have a right to survive because people want to buy jewelry. They are still having birthdays. They're still having anniversaries. They still want to be that person who gave that special gift. Um, we can't let them down by not allowing them to still be the hero. Uh, that's our job, really, right? You know, um, no one really wants to buy a drill. They want to buy a hole in the wall, right? That's what they want. <laughs> and, and, and maybe there are a lot of us that really want to buy jewelry. And there are a lot of women who really want to buy jewelry. And there are a lot of men too. But there are a lot of people that just want to be the hero. And they want to have, have gotten that perfect gift for that perfect occasion or that, that perfect item that's going to memorialize a moment in time. And if ever there was a moment of time that needs memorialized, now is it. The world is throwing a lot at us. It ain't stopping, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, Hong Kong protest, so much is happening right now. And the, the flip side during the pandemic was, of course, it's an invisible enemy. And it really brought a sense of togetherness. So the consumer is still there. The consumer, the consumer is expecting to consume us however and wherever they want. Mm -hmm. So the problems that we faced, that we face now because of the pandemic, we're already facing the jewelry industry for the better part of a decade. Um, the consumer wants to consume us wherever they want to consume us, yet we weren't doing mobile site, uh, mobile first websites, or we weren't doing websites that were inter interconnected, interactive and collecting data so that we knew who we were talking to. Or we were doing websites that had no e-commerce enabled because it's jewelry, they have to buy it in a store. Um, so we've just been really faced with the reality that everything that was, that all the strengths that we weren't harnessing before are, are still there to be harnessed. And the consumer, it, more than ever before, is buying things online that they weren't before. So while we all know the McKinsey trajectory says, you know, 20 nearly 30% by 2025, um, this is only going to be accelerated. So mobile first websites, e-commerce enable, an omni-channel marketing strategy where your digital marketing drives people into your store, where your store marketing drives people into your online communities, Retail no longer has walls. It no longer has a ceiling. It is not confined to a screen. It is when the purchaser wants to buy, it will be through their, through their um, uh, smartphone or they'll get in their car because they feel like a drive that day and they know that there's Vivclico at Carter's Jewelers, you know? So this is more than anything um, listening to the consumer because they're changing so rapidly, I can't even sit here and tell you that I know everyone from LA to Mississippi to Arkansas to Shenzhen to Hong Kong and Mumbai, how they're all feeling. 
we have to be acutely tuned in to our consumer and how we're going to listen to them um, only in the store. That doesn't make any sense. They're ready to talk. They're ready to share. They're ready. You know it. Those of you who have your Facebook, they're, they're commenting. They've got, they, they want to be heard. So you've got to show up on all those points along their consumer journey and listen. Um, because I'm not going to pretend that I know what every single um, community or person is thinking, but each store owner and, and each larger brand, and I could go on and on about B2B as well, but we're talking about the jewelry store. You got to be listening to your consumers and your customers. And that means you got to show up where they're talking on their social media channels. Some people it's Instagram, but some people it's only Facebook. It depends on your community um, the style of, of your customer, ask them while they're in store. You know, do you spend a lot of time on Instagram? Do you spend a lot of Figure it out and start showing up where they are and listening to them because their behavior is changing more rapidly than, than you and I can keep up with right now without doing that. Absolutely, absolutely. And do you see, um, do you see consumers because of, you know, being also more um, money savvy because of you know the high rate of unemployment in the states the the maybe the desire not to look unsatisfied uh, maybe not to to show off as much to enjoy jewelry but not because of you know because it's more sensitive and more it's because it's difficult times for a lot a lot of people so do you see that that the consumer is actually to have a different demand or if you like jewelry and you still have the money you're going to, to spend it. What, what do you, what, from, from, what, from your contacts with retailers and, and people who actually have already these conversations going on? This is what I've been hearing. I mean, first of all, I, I think we all saw the news about revenge buying and pandemics over and, and you know, the store opens up and they, they, they do more millions than they've ever done in one day. Um, at a certain level, um, of the economic earning stratosphere, you know, there, there's been no tightening of the belt and there's been a grand eagerness to spend that money right away. Um, when we get into the middle class and, and the lower class where the discretionary income percentage is lower, here's what I'm hearing. Not that they're not buying but what we were seeing on the front foot, um, the consumer already and, and through climate change and responsible sourcing and sustainability, we were already starting to see a trajectory of the consumer asking, who are you to the company from which they, they buy? Um, you know, who owns your store? What do they believe in? Um, what's their stance on it, women's rights and equality? Um, where are you buying the diamonds from? Do you know where the diamonds from? So these questions were already starting. Um, so wh what, I, what I've been hearing from retail store owners is that purchases of smaller and little items were being batched together to get one more important item that they felt aligns with their morals, their worldview, that, that has a story that they felt could connect to them and had more value such that it would endure. So um, you asked like, you know, people don't want to be showy. I don't think it's that. Um, I think that we're going to see people looking for less, um, uh, discardable or, um, you know, cast offable and more um, uh, treasure uh, heirloom type of things. And that heirloom may be uh, $99 for one person. It might be 
$5.99 for another, it might be $1,000 for another. But uh, we see smaller purchases being brought together. Rather than making three small purchases, I'm going to buy one more important thing that's going to endure. So that, that wanting more a sense of permanence in a time when um, a lot of things uh, don't seem as permanent as they always did. Absolutely. Something more meaningful and something more lasting. Yeah. I think it's the same in, in fashion. They say fast fashion is, is going down because people realize that, you know, the conditions in which workers work, but also because suddenly they didn't have fast fashion for a few months. So, and they realized that's okay. Yeah. 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 And, and, possible. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I mean, there, there's no, there's no doubt that, um, you know, the tightening of the belt has happened and is going to continue to happen. Mm. Um, but I, I do think focusing in on what is the story behind the product that you're selling? What is, what is the heart? What is the soul? What is the authenticity um, is, is very important to people. I think, you know, everybody got into everyone's living room as we did Zoom meetings and things like that. Every, all the customers at our jewelry stores, they work too, you know, so they've been having this experience and getting to peek behind the curtain and see the authenticity um, you know, we see a rise and rise of less polished, perfect advertising, less polished, perfect pro posts on, uh, you know, Instagram and Facebook. And I think that's what they, that's what people are craving right now. Just tell me really, where's it from and how did you find it? They, they don't want to know that you, you know, just picked something and there's no story behind it. Or, you know, you have the story and the reason why is to create an, a good EBITDA going in the right direction. You know, yeah. they want to know the story and i think i think what you mentioned before that's so important is aligning on your values as well is you want to know what is the value where you spend your hard-earned dollars you want to know that it's going to something that you you can feel confident it's authentic ethical and you feel good about it it's not mm -hmm. just about the, the actual piece of jewelry right and, and make no mistake it's got to be beautiful yeah You've gotta love it that then gives them the permission. So if there's this beautiful, stunning, you know, piece um, that was made by a non-RJ certified factory and they don't know the origin and da, 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 and there's a beautiful, stunning piece and, and they know that it's from an RJ certified, RJC certified factory, um, you know, that's owned by two women that started it with their uncle's help or aunt's help. Then they're going right in there. They can justify that purchase. And that's super important right now. Completely. The story. The story about mm -hmm. the authenticity. That's something that we've been talking so much about. And I think that's even more now. Yeah. And, and, and here's what I think. Like a lot of jewelry stores aren't quite confident about how to tell that story inside of a digital footprint. And there's so many, there's so many routes to the customer. You know, if you've been operating inside your store and all you had was over the counter, you know, the fact that you can talk to them on Facebook or Instagram, the fact that you can talk to them on your email newsletter. I mean, like it can be a love letter. You, we, we just think outside of the box. Um, there are so many different ways that you can share the stories with them. And there, there's so many rich and robust stories in our industry. So I, I, I usually, say to jewelry retail store owners that, um, you know, big or small, um, I usually say to them, you have the hard part figured out. Now you just have to take everything you know that you do IRL in real life and, and just have somebody give you a hand to say the equivalent in your digital footprint is X, Y, and Z. And 
Then you can also see who picked up the letter, who read it, which parts they read twice. You can learn so much more once you're paying, once your analytics are set up properly and you have data capture points on your website and, and you're paying attention to your consumer. Paying attention to your consumer used to be listening to them when they were in the store, asking questions and listening more than speaking. Now it's making sure that you have the right information gathering tools up inside of your digital footprint, which includes your website, your social media, your, your um, email marketing, et cetera. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, we, it, it's almost impossible to talk about the reopening of the jewelry stores in the U.S. right now and values and expressing yourself to your community without mentioning what's happening with the, the peaceful protests on one side um, we, you know, we covered the, the riots, the looting, which are completely different, completely, you know, by different people. And it's not, it's not the, that's something for the news, but it's something that unfortunately affects and has impacted on some jury businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's more important is how do you take this community experience, this thousands of people who are walking in the street together, we're expecting and demanding actually and calling out businesses what are you doing for equality for uh, people of color uh what you know so as a jury business as an owner you're an independent business you try to do your best you try to to train and nurture your staff but you're going to be asked maybe tougher questions because of what's happening right now in the states that we didn't expect three weeks ago when we we thought you only had to deal with COVID 19 and suddenly you have to deal with something else you're being you know, to be called out in your, in your ethics and then your hiring practices and your representation. So what kind of practical, um, applicable advice would you have to a retailer that today is going to reopen its store when it's safe to do so in a few weeks for COVID and for everything else? What would you say? What, what, what kind of questioning and practices should you put in place to be sure that you can engage meaningf- meaningfully with your community? Mm-hmm. Here's something that, and I'm, I really believe in authenticity and the customer, the consumer, whether it's an advertisement or speaking to you in person, they can smell inauthenticity from a mile away, miles away. So what I would like to say, and is it, it's really rooted in business. I, I do believe that um, if integrity isn't initiated into your competitive strategy, you will not succeed. Um, and integrity doesn't mean saying I'm perfect. I, I have two black people and two white people that work for me and I've given equal opportunity and equal pay. This isn't, this isn't integrity. Integrity is saying, I may not have even been aware of of what was there and and what I didn't know was happening. And I want to be part of the solution. So I'm asking questions and I'm learning. And here's how we're starting. Um, What I want to say to people is where you are coming from, where you are starting, where you are is enough. And um, we've seen uh, the response coming back at businesses that is long as you're saying, I'm starting from where I am and I am listening 
and looking and learning and I'm having conversations with my staff and with my customers so that I can understand what is this privilege that I didn't even know I had or that I really knew I had and I really want to help level it out. Um, I think an honest and transparent addressing of the situation and sharing and communicating the struggles with the situation is okay. Um, you don't have to come up with the perfect, you know, cartoon Instagram post. Uh, you know, you can say, we're not sure what to do next, but we don't want this to ever happen again either. So we're listening and we're reading and we're looking for advice as what you don't have to have all the answers. You can say, you know, we've read this book and this article and they inspired us. What do you think? And get the feedback from your customers. The feedback may be different than your own, but I think more and more, e even with the biggest businesses down to single store operators, the more you stand in your truth and the closer you are to your authentic morals, um, life outlook, guidelines that you give your, your clients, as long as you have one face, you will win. Thank you so much, Alice. I think that's it's a very powerful advice for, for business owners that might be a bit lost because there's so much happening. It's, it went so quickly and you know you had to deal with going back to work and suddenly that happened and you question in many things and you, sometimes you think it's better to be silent also because you don't really know what to say. So is silence a solution ever, you think, in, in times no. like this? No, I, I am, look, I have four small, well, I have four children. They're not so small, but I have four children. And I say to them, if you don't know what to say, um, you can say, I don't know what to say. My heart is breaking. I don't know how I can be part of the solution yet, but I'm trying to figure that out. So um, even um, from something as little as, you know, uh, you know, if you've told a lie and you have to admit it, like I always tell my children and I tell my staff, I tell my, my, my colleagues, my clients, like you can begin with, I don't know how to say this and I'm scared to say it out loud, but I don't know how to do better yet. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'd love to be pointed in that direction. Now, is that going to be your advertisement on the front of your store? I mean, you have, you cannot be tone deaf to the appropriate times to have appropriate conversations, making sure that your messaging is welcoming, making sure that you communicate what you do believe in, super, super important. But, it, but silence is never an option, especially at a moment like this. If you know exactly what to say, great, say it, say it out loud. You're standing in your truth, but listen to the answer. Maybe maybe you're going to learn that what you said offended someone um, and the reason why, um, and that they have a valid point. Um, I think there's so many different perspectives in the world. And my experience is very different than, than even my husband's experience, than even somebody in Panyu. Uh, so we have to be empathetic and constantly, like we do as retail stores, have to put ourselves in the shoes of our customers in order to think, what are they going through right now? What are they experiencing? And how can I be uniquely positioned to help them? Thank you so much. I think that's, uh, that's an extremely important advice for, for people who are a bit lost at the moment. So, some of them, are, you know, and I think that's, that's very good to, to consider and to, to, and I think listening and communication is, is the basic of all this relationship. And it's okay not to know exactly <laughs> the right way to proceed. It, it is, I think people appreciate, 
I know, I don't think. I know people appreciate authenticity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Customers especially today, jewelry store customers especially. Authenticity, completely. Um, Elle, I would like to, um, I think we've covered um, a few points that are so important. The digital conversation is going to carry on. Um, you need to take and meet your customers where they are in a digital sphere. Could be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter actually is also a, a place where people go. Um, and when they come to the store to carry on this one-on-one -on -one, uh, experience that you you had to do by force during the the COVID nineteen, but to 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 grow on it and to to make this customer feel very special, I think it's important and uh, to keep up to keep up the the storytelling to to have um, answers to their questions mm -hmm. and when you have answers, it's also okay not about the goods that you're selling, but about. <laughs> <laughs> about this you have to have answers but about where where you stand on many um big world issues that that they're facing and you're facing together as part of the same community so mm. i think that's uh hopefully that's uh, some of the takeaways that our our listeners have have had today and i see that we have some questions in the q a so i think that'll be great to take them on now yeah, okay. I, I noticed that there were a, a few in there. I, I'm going to focus on the jewelry stores, as yep. you mentioned. So um, Gareth Stephen um, asked, given the demographic differences between platform users, um, is there a constant message that can be promoted across all media, social media channels, or does it have to be tailored to each channel? Um, I think that that is the, the entire question. Um, it's usually totally different. Um, even if there is one consumer, put, put yourself in their shoes. Almost every question that you're going to ask me, I'm going to tell you, put yourself in their shoes because you're a consumer too, right? If I follow uh, J. Crew for clothes, for example, and I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and I get their EDMs, if I open all three on Monday morning and they all have the same picture, how exciting am I, I going to be about that? Um, whereas if it's the gold shoes in one, a gold belt in the other, and the gold earrings in the third, that's much more interesting to me. So even, uh, so first, my first answer is no. There, there is a different audience on each channel. However, it is a Venn diagram. Some people, like me and Jake Crew, are on every single channel. So either way, you don't want to bore me. And you don't want to ignore or be tone deaf to the fact that the Facebook users are much more prone to follow things about your sales and the Instagram users are much more prone to follow your designer collaborations. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. Um, but you have to, in order to understand what you should put where, I bet you can guess what I'm going to say is you have to ask and you have to listen um, you know, you can ask in your store. Um, and, and look, um, I had my own retail jewelry store, brick and mortar in Hong Kong and in London, as well as online. We would not let someone walk out of our store if it was a first time person. I mean, there'd be no wrestling involved, but we wouldn't let them walk out of the store without getting their email address so that we could keep in touch with them to let them know when that designer was coming, whatever the reason was, um, and asking them, oh, where do you like to follow jewelry, designers, crosses, hearts, whatever they were looking at, your, um, you know, engagement ring, is it Pinterest? 
Is it Facebook? Is it, is it TikTok? You know, you've got to ask the questions to know where they're going to be. And then you need to set up your digital footprint so that you can listen and see, uh, understand the key performance indicators on each channel, which will show you that it's working. So I hope that answers that one question. Do be unique to the channels. Um, depending on how big or small you are, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to create um, three times the content if you're on three social media channels. You just need to make sure Monday is on Wednesday and Tuesday is on Thursday so that you're not having the same thing on every channel every single day. Um, and although this wasn't part of the uh, question, I do want to say you do not have to open up social media channels on every platform. You know, I see a lot of people have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, Snapchat, Pinterest, uh, you name it, TikTok. Um, if you can't show up to that virtual cocktail party and answer questions when they're asked and be present and be consistent about your posting, whether it's once a week, twice a week, twice a day, don't go to the party. Don't throw the party if you can't show up and be a good host. Um, make sure everything you do digitally mirrors the way you would want to behave in real life. And if you open up your door on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or, or uh, Snapchat or TikTok, you've got to be there. You've got to show up to the party and you've got to answer when people speak to you. And Fantastic advice. I think that's, that's a great advice because people feel they have to have all the little icons on their website, but they just don't have the manpower or the time or just they don't do it. So it's better to... Uh, Absolutely, to do it well and to, to provide top quality because it reflects on everything you do. And that's the absolutely. And and this look, I'm I'm not I work with businesses that do two billion plus a year, five hundred million a year, five million, one million pre-revenue businesses. So I across the board, I have seen these multi-billion businesses have 84 followers on you know whatever channel and they're and they're, they're not even posting it's just like a wasted opportunity so and it so what i'm saying is you don't have to be a huge business to be able to show up but you have to allocate the resources you have to make sure a human being is paying attention to it but even those big business i say close down everything that you're not paying attention to because what message are you sending your clients i don't care i'm not listening i'm not here this is not a message we want. So just open up one. If you've never done one before, if you've got, once you've got one up ticking over nicely, it's growing in terms of quality. The quantity of followers isn't so important, but people that actually come visit buy, you know, grow that, get that one, then open a second one, but don't open them all and then not show up at the party. I love it. I think that's a brilliant advice. Thanks. <laughs> let's, see, let's see what's... Um... Okay. Um, what social media platforms are you seeing the most successful for connecting with jewelry buyers? Um, okay. Uh, it's almost the same. I feel like it's the same. Um, there is a gentleman, uh, a gentleman who asked me a question from the stage um, at, in Horgenta. And um, none of his customers, I was talking about Instagram and the pictures and how jewelry is so well suited for Instagram. No one he sells to is on Instagram. 
Um, so it didn't make any sense for him. It was tone deaf just to say with one big swoop, oh, we, we have beautiful pictures. Well, quite frankly, a lot of us don't, number one, and we are selling pictures online. So if you're going to put budget anywhere, please, goodness, invest in excellent photography of your jewelry. Say that as a can, can you repeat that? Because this is something that is driving us insane. <laughs> I think that's, that's something that you have some of the most beautiful products. People have worked really hard to source them, to make them. You have people who are selling them, who are livelihood depends on selling them, but you can't take a good picture. I know. And it's hard. Like in everyone's defense, it is not simple. There is not a a simple light box and and camera that that just automatically, it's it's a highly reflective material. I was online only with my own retail store. I've worked with the largest online retailers of jewelry in the world. It is hard. Um, But take the time figure it out, put budget aside for it. It, it. it must be gotten right because those pictures are communicating the core of what, 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 you're, what you're selling. You're really, in the end, you're selling the experience of buying the jewelry. You're selling the experience of shopping with your store because that's how you increase the lifetime value of your client. But the beginning of that consumer journey is all long before they get near your store. Whether, whether you're e-commerce enabled or not. So the pictures are super important. But to revert to the question, so you, you, you have to be tuned in to your stores and where you are getting the feedback and the metrics are showing you that people from that platform come on over to your store. Okay, let's put a little more content up a little more frequently. Make sure we're engaging at all times and see if that keeps going, then that's where you've got to be. So there's not there's not just one. Um and it's not and you can't even like the resurgence of Pinterest that I've seen here and there it's been like, "Really? I thought that was done. It was recipes and moms, but you know, so you have to listen. You have to really listen um and pay and when I say listen, uh, digitally is, is what I'm talking about more than anything else. Make sure that you're watching what's happening where you are. You can, you can test out platforms. You can turn them on, you can turn them off, but you, you have to give it time to understand, is this going to work for me? And the, the very first place to start is with your existing customers. You know, um, I, I've, I've had, uh, clients who do email marketing messages where they say, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're having a, a cocktail party and we're, um, doing invitation onlys. Um, all you have to do is reply here and tell us where you, which social media channel you spend the most time on, you know? So there's lots of creative ways to figure out and to listen and to get people to share that information with you. But, I am agnostic. There is not just one channel and Instagram isn't automatically the best. Some, some people are not into it. I don't think you are on Instagram, Elle, are you? I am. Ah. <laughs> I am. I, I have to Someone be. Someone wanted to find you on Instagram. How can I know. I-, I know. I'm not followable on Instagram. <laughs> But I am on LinkedIn. So if you want to follow me, um, that I'm on LinkedIn and I show up to that cocktail party like I'm throwing New Year's Eve every day. So please, definitely, you can follow me on, on uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. 
And for, um, for people who haven't followed Elle yet on LinkedIn, Elle has really good insights and advice to, to businesses. Um, it can be based on experience and, uh, and try to, to empower business owners to, to do things differently, to think differently. And, you know, um, I think that's, that's really, I would recommend anyone to, to follow your LinkedIn because that, that's a beginning of a, a starter for conversation that you can have with your staff and you can have with your partners in businesses and ultimately with you and consumers. So I would really uh, not, don't look for L on Instagram, but go on LinkedIn. <laughs> Exactly. Um, you know, I, I don't sell to end consumers. And so it's not really my, my stomping grounds, except for to listen and, and watch and, um, you know, make sure that I know how to harness the strength of it. Um, I do see another um, uh, question here, which is very good one, I think, Sonia, is, uh, okay, I'm more of a traditionalist. I yeah. always want to see what I'm going to buy using my eyes, exclamation point. <laughs> And I think I'm with you. I'm so with you. And so many people are. And that's why making sure that you have a returns policy and an ease, a frictionless return is super important. People do want to see with their own eyes. And, and I heard just some fantastic things being done long before uh, COVID by many um, admirable jewelry stores. But certainly during COVID, people, um, you know, having the wish list turn into a, a, a concierge order of five items that get delivered to your door and then you try them on and then you call up and you send back the ones you didn't want to buy. There are lots of ways, again, like I want to get people out of the channel that you either shop and buy online or you shop and buy in the store. This isn't happening. You're probably not doing it. So why do we think our customers are? We look at things in magazines still. We look at things on Netflix. We look on our phones, on our iPads. Um, we want to have the, the jeans delivered to us and we're going to order two sizes and send one back. But once we know our size, that's when the lifetime value starts kicking in. So we want to make it super easy to allow our customers to consume us however they want, wherever they want. Um, so I, I, I'm totally with you. Um, I think, you know, this is always going to be part of the know, like, and trust. Um, and once you make your first purchase, you start trusting the store and then you get more and more confident. Usually there's that kind of starter purchase and then the, the dollar levels start creeping up. Um, but see what you can do to leverage what is going to be a renaissance of retail right now. Um, my heart goes out to businesses that have not been able to survive this. Um, but what we do have is people who come into your store, uh, your conversion rate of cross the threshold by the jewelry is going to increase mark my words. So you have an opportunity to make sure that you're selling the experience of buying jewelry from you because anybody can do that now. Um, you, you want when they come into that store to make sure that nothing is just as they expected it would be, but is delighting and engaging and interesting. Um, so that when they do get a chance to see, touch, and feel that jewelry in that store, they're really going to be a loyal customer afterwards. I think there's a major opportunity for brick and mortar right now. We were seeing it before pandemic, the pandemic with experiential marketing. Um, 
you know, my heart goes out to businesses that aren't still standing, but those of you that are, you have such an opportunity to, to, to create great experiences inside of your store and in front of your store as well. Thank you so much, Elle. Thank you. I think that was, that was fantastic and uh, so enlightening for, for retailers. And as you said, unfortunately, some retailers won't make it, but for the ones who are there, who are, you know, I really, really wish for this renaissance and this recovery, um, hopefully using what, what everything that they, we've heard today. And uh, it was really a lot of uh, food for thought. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you so much for having me. I think, you know, I'm, I'm super passionate. I've been a store owner. I've been someone who runs a $500 million manufacturing facility. I've been, you know, based in China, based in America, all around this business. Um, you know, I'm very passionate about it. I love the community of it. And I love, you know, the exemplary customer service that retail store owners do. And I'm thrilled for the strength that people are going to begin to feel when they start learning how to do what they did offline, online. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Elle. And thanks for everyone who joined this webinar today. Um, if you want to get back to takeaways, to listen to, again to it, there will be a podcast live on diamonds.net later this week. Um, so visit. And really, I will tell you and encourage you to follow Elle on LinkedIn and read a post because that you can learn so much from it and you can really, really get um, new ideas for your business. So thank you. And uh, next week, my colleague Avi Kravitz will have another guest for this recovery series. So thank you so much to everyone.